Girl, stop talking. All the shit that people are thinking but not saying. I'm not even like drunk. I've just been like drinking. Does my podcast offend you? Men, if you're listening, I apologize in advance. Women, hey bitches, are you ready? Are you still talking? Girl, stop talking. Do you feel like you're walking on eggshells? Are you afraid to be alone? Are you continuously jumping from relationship to relationship, not really understanding why these men are not fulfilling your needs? Do you feel the urge to have to go through his phone? Does he not respond to your messages or your phone calls, but fully expects you to answer and pick up every single one of his and then gets mad at you when you don't? Are you getting accused of cheating? If you answered yes to any of these questions, well, I'm sorry to break it to you, honey, but you're in a toxic relationship. Oh, good old toxicity. We Toxic relationships. We love them. We hate them. But most of all, we love to hate them. So why are we all so prone to being in one? Okay, listen, if you're over the age of 22 and you haven't had a toxic relationship, you're either Mormon or you're still fucking in missionary position with the same guy that you met in high school. Yeah, I said it. You're boring. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Well, kind of. Anyways, today it has been placed on my heart to talk about toxic relationships. I have been in so many, which some of we discussed in the previous episodes, and it's brought to my attention that now that I am out of a toxic relationship, when I see other girls go through them, it literally drives me crazy. And listen, I'm in the industry where I'm basically a therapist and I listen to people's problems all day. Granted, I don't have a degree, so not sure if you should be taking my advice anyways. (laughs) But I can speak from experience. I know majority of women just like to vent. Listen, we all like talking about our problems. I get that. So do I. I am a bit of a drama queen. If you haven't realized or don't know me personally, now you know. But it drives me fucking crazy when, and we all have these friends, okay? Let's be honest. Your friend that's in the shitty relationship, and when they're doing bad, she comes to you and bitches and complains. And like I said, I know we like to vent. I'm here for the venting. But God damn, when are you going to do something about it? And I apologize if I'm coming off a little bitchy if this hits a little too close to home just know there's more than just one of you that come to my mind when I talk about this I see you out there ladies okay when are you gonna do something about it you gotta do something you can't just keep bitching about the same situation over and over again and expect change that's not how change works 
And the other part of it, you can't force someone to change either, especially these men in toxic relationships. They're not changing. They will manipulate you and gaslight you into thinking that they will change. They will tell you what you want to hear into thinking that they will change. They may even change, and I put air quotes over this, for a week, two weeks, maybe if you're lucky, maybe even a month, okay? But it always goes back because it's a facade. Change takes time and it takes active, open communication in order to see it. It takes someone understanding that they have a problem or that they're doing these certain things and being able, understanding and being able to admit that they're doing these things, that they say they see themselves doing it, that the part of change is them catching themselves behaving this certain way and coming to terms with it and being like, okay, what am I going to do now? So the number one thing I always talk to people about toxic relationships, especially when giving advice, is it doesn't matter what your friends say. It doesn't matter what your parents say. It doesn't matter what your priest says. Okay. No one is going to change your mind about this person until you have reached your fucking limit. And some of those limits are a lot scarier for than others. And that sucks. And I understand if you're that girl that if you're listening to this and I'm hitting the nail on the head and you feel stuck or you feel scared in your relationship, there are things that you can do to exit this relationship in a safe, positive way for your safety. And like I said, speaking from experience, but I'm no professional. If you need some more advice on that, please hit me up. If you're dealing with an abusive man, This is probably one of the hardest relationships to get out of because you've been listening to this person talk down to you for so long, however long that is. Usually they try and suck you in for a while, a year, three years, maybe you had kids with them. Now you're bonded for life. Well, listen, don't let that stop you from being happy, from feeling safe, because I'm telling you right now, once you're out of this relationship, you see it from a different perspective. You're looking within. You love yourself. All of that, you will see that and be like, I can't believe I wasted that much time. I can't believe I didn't do this sooner. And, you know, a lot of people don't want to do this, but I have to say that if you are in a abusive, toxic relationship, first of all, the hardest thing to do, you have to set boundaries. One thing that I like to do is that I physically write them down. I get them out of my head. I write them on paper. What are my boundaries? What will I not tolerate? What do I deserve? And also there has to be a conversation about boundaries. Now, like I said, if we're dealing with abuse, 100% you need to get the law involved. People don't like to do this, but I'm letting you know that in the long run, if there is substantial proof that you are being threatened, that you are being stalked, yes, the fucking system sucks. I will be the first one to tell you that the system fucking sucks. There are so many loopholes in the law from the police to the court, to the court, to the police, where 
you may feel like you've done everything and this person is still not getting caught. But these, when there is a significant threat, the law is still there for you. And I hope and pray that they truly are doing their best to get people out of these situations because it's not okay, period. So if I'm that one speaking to you, the one sitting there in this abusive, toxic relationship, please, please do something for yourself. Get a restraining order. I know that sounds scary, but here's the thing. You have to follow through with it. You can't get a restraining order and then let your ex come back over, knock on your door and not let you and you not call the police. Okay, you have to do what the law is telling you to do for it to work. Otherwise, that's where things get tricky. Restraining order. It helps making police reports. It helps literally out of sight, out of mind, block them on everything. I don't want to get into too much detail about the abuse side of all of this because I do think that is 100% significant in itself and that could be a whole episode in itself. But you got to stick to keeping yourself safe because that's what's important. You don't think you're stuck, even though you might feel like it. First of all, you're not alone. You're not stuck. The, the things are just things, which brings me to what I really want to talk about is just toxic relationships in general. If you are with a man or a woman um, and you're in a toxic relationship where you're walking on eggshells, you don't know how this person's going to react. You're trying to tiptoe around their emotions all the time. This stuff doesn't stop. And that's like going back to what I was saying about creating boundaries. Seriously, sit down and write your boundaries out. What do you deserve? What will you not tolerate? But then also you have to have the follow through. Where's the follow through? So if you're going to sit here and I'm going to use an example that I used recently. Your your significant other calls you names when they get frustrated or when you argue. And let's say one of your boundaries can be you after you write them down, you sit down with your partner and you have this conversation about your boundaries. I do recommend you having your partner do the same thing as well. Um, For young men, they typically don't want to do something like this. Um, But I'm telling you, if your boyfriend or your girlfriend won't sit down and discuss the things that you will and will not tolerate from the relationship, why are you with them? Okay. I'm going to say it a little louder for the people in the back. Why the fuck are you with someone that doesn't respect your boundaries? If they don't respect your boundaries, they don't really love you. Okay. Sorry that hurt a little. Maybe that stung. Rub a little alcohol into the wound. I hope it did. Maybe you'll learn your fucking lesson. Okay, next. So after you write down your boundaries, you sit down, you have a conversation with this person. My example is I, one of my boundaries is that I will not accept you speaking down to me or cussing at me just because you're mad, just because we're arguing. That is not okay. So I'm asking you that you you work on not doing that. And if you do, I'm going to walk away from the situation. I'm not going to continue to argue with you. Okay, following with the boundary, there has to be some follow through. Otherwise, it's basically like you're dealing with a child. Let me put it in another perspective. If you're a mom and you have kids and you tell your child that they need to eat their dinner before they have dessert and they don't eat their dinner and you give them dessert anyways, are they going to learn their lesson? (laughs) Come on, you guys. This is simple. 
No, they're not. They're not going to learn their lesson because there's no follow through. There's no consequence. And, you know, when it comes to a relationship, the consequence is leaving. Why would you want to be with someone that's not going to treat you with the utmost respect, period? So after you have this conversation about boundaries, you and follow through, you continue to follow through with your boundaries. If this person is not actively trying to work on these things or they get mad and they're like, I don't fucking care about that. Again, it's time for you to think about your decision on what you're doing with your life or your relation, your relationship. I think a lot of people feel like they're stuck in stuff like this because they live in the same house or they have shared bills or maybe they have like a dog or something like these things are pretty materialistic. The dog thing may be a little different. It's like a family member. You know what I mean? You can kind of figure that shit out. Might be a little difficult, but everything else is just stuff. The fucking get the person off your cell phone bill. Stop picking them up when they call you at 12 a.m. and they're all strung out and they're like, oh, I need help. Whatever the fuck. No, they're not a part. You don't need to be put yourself in that. Moving on to the friends that we deal with in toxic relationships. The best friends that we have that I don't know about you guys, but I have actually lost quite a few friends from toxic relationships And, you know, it took me over the years to realize like the right way to go about them when it comes to a friend. My first two childhood best friends were both in very toxic relationships and I loved and cared about them so much. And I could see what these guys were doing to them. And I'm like shaking them like, come on what are you doing why are you letting this person treat you this way like and they would do the same thing come bitch vent complain but then go back to them like they would never fully remove this person out of their life and as a young teenager for me I ended up losing these friendships because I pushed so hard to be like oh I hate like I hate that person I don't like them, you know, because you care, you care so much and you're just like fucking snap out of it. But when you're that person in the relationship, there's this constant battle between your friends, what your friends and your family say and what this person is telling you. They literally like brainwash you into thinking that you're the problem or they start arguments because they feel threatened by your strong friends. They're trying to seclude you from your friendships because then they know they can have full control once they've broken and beaten you down and taken you away from everyone. So they end up hating that good friend that because they feel threatened. They know that that's going to be the friend that pulls them their significant other out of the relationship. And so they start drama within the relationship like, "Oh, I don't like her." And usually it's like, "I don't like her because she's a slut." That's like Oh my God, I know you guys know and you have those friends that literally their friends' boyfriends don't like you because you're a slut. Like why? I'm a slut because like I enjoy my life and I like to go out on the weekends. Well, guess what? Like your your girl likes to go out on the weekends too. And you know, most of the time she's fucking on her phone texting and crying in the bathroom because you're a dick. So back to these friendships that I had. So I ended up basically what happened is these guys whittled their way in between me and my friends. And I was pushing so hard to be like, 
why like be done with him that my friends my childhood friends actually like started resenting me for it and you know I'm sure it was a lot harder for them being in something so toxic anyways like I get that now I get that but it took a long time to realize like the right way to navigate through these with friends um and then I had another friend who she was in a toxic relationship and I tried to be there for her over and over again but she was the kind of friend that only wanted to be your friend when she was fighting with her boyfriend and that one is really hard to delegate because it's you know it's not something you end up just getting distance between you guys because you don't want to hear her talk about her fucking boyfriend anymore but the love is still there for all of these people the love is still there I will always be here for the women that are in these toxic relationships because I know and I lost friends when I was in mine I literally had friends a friend tell me that she couldn't be with me because or be my friend (laughs) be with me sorry she couldn't be my friend because of how disgusting my psycho ex-boyfriend was and I understand that now however I don't think you should bail on your friends when they need you the most so that was also very difficult to handle and fed into me staying with this guy you know maybe a little longer because I didn't feel like I had a support system and she would shame me for talking about him or venting or anything so I've been on both sides I get it I get it if you have a friend that's in a toxic relationship and you want them so badly to be out it literally but you're tired of hearing them talk about it you just need to be there you just need to listen give advice as best as you can if you need to distance your energy from that that's fine just let your friend know I'm sorry I can't be a part of this part of your life but when you're ready to hang out and like be my friend and hang out with me for me and not talk about your boyfriend like I'm here and I will be here for you because eventually these people will beat these girls down or guy girls will beat guys down it's kind of weird it's usually the opposite way whatever trying to be gender neutral but it's hard (laughs) they will get beaten down finally to the point where they're fucking done whatever that is and some girls it takes longer than others but I want to shine some light on why it's so hard to leave it's so hard to leave because you're being brainwashed you're being manipulated you're thinking that you are the one that's the problem and these things that are happening are because of you because that's what that person is. They're using their control over you to force feed you this lie so that you stay, so that you feel less than so you stay. Do you see that? I'm hoping most of you listening do see that. But I hope I'm shedding some light on some of the people that are still dealing with this. You don't deserve to be treated like shit. No one does. And I always say the hardest part about leaving a toxic relationship isn't leaving the relationship. It's staying away. I just got goosebumps. Let that sink in for a second. The hardest part about leaving is staying away. Because of these games and the gaslighting and the manipulation 
that this person has done and said and the way they act afterwards it's like the lows are so low sometimes scary right where they do things they like act out they get mad they punch holes in the wall they fucking grab your shit and throw it across the room and won't let you leave because they're trying to control what you're doing the lows are so low and then the highs are so high. They come back. They knock on your door. They show up with flowers. They're like, baby, I'm so sorry. I will do anything to take you back. They're good for like seven days. And then it's back to the same bullshit. It's literally like a love bomb. It's so much manipulation. And so that's what they do. But these guys are conditioned to do this because you continue to take them back you continue to answer the phone call you continue to send the text or you know maybe you did try blocking them and they showed up at your house you continue to let them in the hardest part is staying away you know an old friend once told me out of sight out of mind blocking deleting changing numbers and sticking to it when I ended my toxic relationship I knew I didn't want to be with this person. I ended it. I left. It was my choice because I was afraid afraid for my life at that point. And I still sat up at night fucking crying and bawling my eyes out like I wish he could just know how I felt right now, how sad I am to have to leave him. I wish I could just call him and talk to him to make him understand. We always feel like we need closure, right? What the fuck is up with that? No, you know how you find closure within yourself. You continue to find it within yourself when you grow and time pass and you can see the relationship from the outside perspective. But that closure, that hope, it stops you from truly moving on because you you always ask, what if, if I could just explain myself, if I could just say this so that he could understand or I could hear what he wants to say. But, you know, one thing that my mom always tells me or told me is even if you could have that closure conversation, you're not going to hear what you think you want to hear. They're not going to say, you know, that maybe they'll say they're wrong or but, you know, it's not going to be real. In majority of the time, even if you could explain how you were feeling, you're not going to hear what you want to hear, period. So I literally laid up at night for, um, I mean, probably three to four weeks. I probably called my mom almost every night sobbing to her, like re-explaining the same things over and over (laughs) and over again. And she just sat there and listened and gave me the same advice over and over and over again. Like we probably had the same conversation 30 days in a row. No lie. You know, not everybody has the same support system, but we all have someone. We all truly have someone that care and that want to see us truly happy, not hiding behind this fake smile online. Okay. And if you don't have someone, you know, I'm here for you too. I can't put all of my energy every single day of my life into it, but I am here from this being on both sides, coming out of it. It fucking takes time. Be sad. Let yourself be sad for a little bit. But you were the one that wanted to leave. Just remember that because you stuck to your boundaries because you want to be happy. Someone's going to come in and make you fucking happy. I promise. 
But in order to let someone make you happy, you have to leave your shitty ex. And then you have to be alone for a little while and really process and think to yourself, why do I continue to pick shitty men? What is it about me that lets these shitty men into my life? That lets these shitty men into my life? That whatever. You get what I mean, okay? Um, You really got to answer that question. And you might not be able to see it right away. And that's okay. That is okay. But you cannot be truly happy if you're not with someone else if you're not happy with yourself. So I know that seems like such a cliche, but it's so true. You have to be alone after the breakup. You have to come to terms with what you went through. Um, If you're not big about talking about your feelings, there are other forms of therapy that are just as good. Not talk, talk therapy is not for everyone. And that's okay too. find a support system. Be sad. You're allowed to lay in bed and cry every night for seven days. Okay, I'm giving I'm telling you that you are allowed to do that. You have seven days to lay in bed and cry. Wake up with puffy eyes, mope around the house, not brush your hair and that's it after seven days it's time to do shit okay get your brain working moving create the serotonin go on a walk fucking exercise I remember I was so sad but I could not lay in my bed any longer I went to the gym and I cried (laughs) I was on one of the machines having so much anxiety, thinking, like spinning in my head, fucking crying at the gym while I was working out. Luckily, I'm a hot bitch and I sweat so fucking much. I kind of pulled it off, went to the bathroom, wiped my tears away, got it together and finished my workout. Get outside. I know it's fucking hot out here in AZ right now. Go to the ice rink. Go ice skating, bitch, okay? Take yourself on a date. Unless eating by yourself makes you feel lonely, then call a friend. (laughs) But the more active you can stay after your seven days, busier you can stay, the easier it's going to be for yourself to keep your mind distracted. Journal, literally write shit down. I um, had a very traumatizing experience as an adult um, in my early 20s and I was fucked up from that for so long I could not get it out of my head I was so depressed and literally the only thing that helped me was I wrote I wrote everything down on paper everything that I was thinking in my head I literally just started writing it was seven pages long and I folded it up there was, pre- there was actually tears and wine on the paper stained, I'm pretty sure. I folded it up. I put it in an envelope. I sealed the envelope. And I t- titled it The Hurt. Okay? That was back in 2017. I still have that envelope. I thought I was going to burn it. Um, I originally had a... a <laughs> a prison pen pal that I was writing and that's what um got me to actually write it on paper I was gonna send it to him I'm laughing okay seriously I'm disturbed I still have trauma that's why I just like to laugh it out um makes me feel better you know really gives you a good sense of humor when you've been through some shit um but yeah I had a prison pen pal (laughs) 
Um, and I ended up writing him this letter and, um, I never sent it to him. I was going to send it. Um, but I didn't, I saved it and I still have it in a box in my closet somewhere. Um, I originally thought I was going to burn it. Maybe, uh, part of me feels like maybe one day I'll open it and maybe relive the trauma. I don't know. That doesn't sound like a good idea now that I'm thinking about it. Um, but you know, anyways, writing this stuff down is very, therapeutic if you struggle with anxiety and you spin in your head of like you create situations that could happen or have happened and you're literally just like running in circles fucking get it out get it out write it on paper if you don't have a pen and paper something about just pen to paper that makes me feel better but get your cell phone write it in your notes I promise it will help put it in a fucking envelope store it away you know don't forget about it you don't need to forget about it you know, we, we just learn from the experience and I don't know, it just fucking helped. It helped me. I don't know how I got on this tangent. Um, I feel like I should circle back and explain the prison pen pal. (laughs) Um, this is a little off topic. I'm not really sure how I got there, but I guess I'll share the story. We can lighten the mood a little bit after after all that toxic relationship drama, I'm going to tell you a little story about my first toxic relationship. I was 14 years old and I was dating a guy who was 18. Uh, He was a neighbor of a friend of mine and that's how we ended up meeting. And I guess his name is literally just going to be prison pal. (laughs) Wow. I obviously had this relationship from my parents, um, but I was also going through a lot of crazy drama in my home life. So probably why I was acting out and dating a guy who was, you know, legally not supposed to be dating. Okay. Um, We were partiers for sure. Back in high school, I was in the rave scene before the rave scene was a scene like how it is now. Granted, I know there are some OG ravers from the 90s. Um, Props to you. I started raving way before a lot of before it came as mainstream as it is. And so we were doing a lot of the things that ravers do. And it was all good at first for a while until, you know, I had a separate life because I was a freshman in high school and he was already 18. So he wasn't in high school anymore. And he started to see that I was like living my life and it started making him feel insecure to the point where I had a group of friends. Some of them, most of them were guys. And I forget exactly what happened, but there was some sort of drama that happened with my prison pal friend. And he was like, I don't want you hanging out with those people. So me, I've always been pretty headstrong in being like, you can't tell me what to do. I've never felt like that was right. Um, so obviously it caused a lot of friction in our relationship. Um, to make a long story short, I think we were only together for like six months. He started getting really crazy, like screaming at me on the phone. We were just fighting all the time. I ended up leaving him, cut off all ties Um, he got into, well, I guess I should clarify. He had already gone into drugs previously, but when I was with him, he was sober 
from heroin. Okay, that's not funny. He was sober from heroin, but we were still doing rave things together way back then. And so he started selling ecstasy after I left him. And we cut ties. We didn't really talk a whole lot. Um, And then he just kind of, he disappeared. Well, life went on and I started seeing sperm bank. And I, things were not very good in that relationship either. We went on a break and somehow I found out that prison pal ended up in prison for like, I don't know, something crazy like possession to sell, gun charges, whatever, all this shit. He ended up in prison. I was on a break from sperm bank And somehow I found out he was in prison, contacted his family and got his information to write him. Now, I was living with my mom at the time and my mom knew about this guy and she was not for it. She was not for this at all. She was not for it. Then when she found out she was she would not have been for it at that time. And I was living with her, but I wanted to write him because he was what I thought, like the first love of my life. (laughs) Okay, I'm sorry. Um. And, you know, I was on a break with an, another shitty, toxic relationship. So what do you do? You go back to what you, with what you know. Um, I, so I was I had a friend and I was talking to her about this guy. And I start I told her I was like, could I have his letters from prison come to your house? Because I don't want my mom to know. So that's what I did. Started writing him for like four months or something. And Then I ended up getting back with Sperm Bank and one day, a couple months after that, I get a random phone call and this person, prison pal, answered the phone and was like, Tatum, is that you? And I was like, who is this? And he's like, this is prison pal. (laughs) And I was like, holy shit, like you're out? And he like really wanted to see me I don't know if anyone else has written anyone in prison but like they take that shit hard they're like this girl's here for me like I didn't have anyone here for me and obviously I was with someone so that caused a whole bunch of drama when he started when prison pal started commenting on my shit on Facebook and my boyfriend at the time saw that was not good anyways fast forward he prison pal obviously started doing drugs again and I told him to get the fuck out of my life he ended up back in prison again and it was like three years later after the fact and I had a it was so weird I remember so random one day I had a dream and in my dream me and prison pal were like wrestling around on the floor and I like looked at him and we were like in his house and I like looked at him and I like went to kiss him and he stopped and he was like, what are you doing? And I'm like, what do you mean? And he looks at me and he's like, this isn't real. And then I woke up. This was my dream. Okay. So then I did some, di- some digging and some investigating and I found out he ended up back in prison again, you know, pretty typical. Um, and then I, I started riding him again, you know, <laughs> pretty typical. <laughs> I'm glad we can all laugh at this together. Um, so I started writing him again. He basically repeated, history repeated itself. He came out, he got, he was getting fucked up again. I told him to get the fuck out of my life because he's acting all sorts of weird. Um, but I just wanted to clarify 
tell you that little story because I know that was like kind of a random fact and I felt like I couldn't just leave you hanging. Um, so part of my process of getting out my trauma was at, I happened to have been writing him and that's what got me to get all of that out of my head and wrap it up in an envelope and stick it in my closet somewhere. I feel like that was really random. Um, I hope you guys are still following the story. Um, if you can take anything away from this, um, yeah, the toxic relationship is bad. The person who can't get off of drugs and ends up in prison is bad. You know, let's not continue to waste time on people. There we go. Here I go. I'm bringing it back around. Let's not continue to waste time on people who aren't going to change. See, I knew there was a point to all of this. It all came back full circle. Prison Pal did not change. Sperm Bank did not change. I know my psycho ex did not change. I mean, there's been no contact because legally he can't contact me. But people like that don't just change super fast. Okay? Takes time. And, you know, they're all currently with other people right now. So we'll see how that goes. Or maybe we won't. And you know what? I don't give a fuck because I don't have to deal because I'm happy, healthy, wealthy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. The Vizzy is really getting to me right now. I want to segue and talk to you guys about my part-time co-host people. Okay. Hannah and Ashley both auditioned to be on or be a part of the podcast. Why was that so hard for me to get out? I have no idea. I... For you guys, I'm putting this on hold for a little bit. Listen, this shit is really fucking hard. I'm not going to lie. It's like my fifth thing on the list of things to do. And it really is a hobby. I think because of my little anchor ads, I've literally made $18 in the last three months. Um, so for those of you that listen to that, thank you because I get a penny for every listen. Yeah, it's sad. I'm not making money. Okay, this is for fun. Um, but I haven't set myself up very well. I've been leaving um, myself to do a lot of work weekly, which is very overwhelming. And I'm trying not to overwhelm myself with everything I have going on. So this is not a farewell. It is a little brief pause. Think of it as like a podcast intermission for approximately two to three weeks. Um, I'm going, this is probably the last you're going to hear from me for a brief moment in time. I'm going during this time, I'm going to regroup. I'm going to record a shit ton of episodes for you guys and set myself up better so that I can start releasing weekly. Um, it's something that I definitely love doing. This makes me feel really good and I have a lot of fun, but I don't like feeling overwhelmed and I'm trying not to overwhelm myself anymore. So I got to set myself up for success here. I'm going to take a brief intermission. Um, when we come back, we will come back in full swing with the new co-host. She will be on um, two episodes a month 
for now. We'll see how it goes, see what you guys like. We're hoping for some like consistency and banter and just stories. We're going to talk more about our personal lives and we're always open to suggestions on topics. If you click the link in my bio on Instagram, you can request to be on the show actually and you can send in any questions that you have about anything relationships um, sex advice about any of those things if you just have a funny story that you want to tell um or want to be shared totally down for that we're also going to introduce some new segments to the show so just trying to get that stuff in order as well um I really hate not being consistent it's something that I am struggling with when it comes to these episodes so I feel like I'm not this way I'm not stressed I just need to do this little pause I'm gonna do a bunch of recordings we're gonna get them out um yeah, that's basically it. So there's going to be a lot of things coming. Thank you, everyone, every single one of you that are listening. Thank you. I love it when you guys DM me and tell me you love the episode and what you loved it about. Um, if you uh, if you have a specific situation you're in that you, you want me to shed some light on, um, my opinion to, some advice, I'm here for you. I hope you like, I hope you liked this episode. I'm not even going to fucking edit this one. I'm literally just going to send it out there. At this point in time, when you guys listen to this, it will be after the 4th of July weekend. I... If you follow me on Instagram, um, lucky you, you're probably going to see a lot of crazy shit. I'm just so excited to, uh, honestly, I'm so excited to get drunk this weekend and you guys are going to be listening to this and it's going to have already happened. So I hope that you can reminisce in my Instagram story with that as well. I hope everybody had a super fun 4th of July and stayed safe. I fully plan on sharing stories um, about my weekend, maybe in a later episode. I do want to talk more about my personal life, do a lot of wild, crazy shit. And I feel like you guys would like to know about it. So, you know, I will see you guys in a couple weeks. Side note, make sure to follow me on Instagram, Tatum Zoe with three E's. Share the episode play it on your fucking radio and tag me on Instagram. Tell a friend, please subscribe, leave a fucking review, help a girl out. If you want to be on Girl Stop Talking, please go into the link in my bio and fill out the little questionnaire. If you have a fucking funny sex story for me, please, please tell me the story. If you have a relationship story, questions, advice, you need some sex tips, some help in the bedroom, you know, I'm going to get all into that in this next coming month. So I'm so excited for you guys to see. Okay, I'm going to go. I hope you guys had a good weekend. Happy fucking Monday, bitches. Are you still talking? Girl, stop talking. Stop.